Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back. It's almost a quarter to nine. Our Money Lessons guest this evening is Maya Wigriff. But she's better known as Shoma Josie, singer and rapper, and of course, John Cena fame. She grew up mostly in Limpopo and in the U.S., having studied in Massachusetts. But staying, staying true to her roots, she sings mostly in her home language of Sitsonga. A very good evening to you, Sho. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And hi to all your listeners. <laughs> so, um, you know, I talk about the John Cena fame. We've seen you on the Ellen Show. Tell me, though, I mean, you know, you've just, you've you've blown up in so many different ways. And apart from just the fame, I think you really mean a lot to young people across the country, um, all over the world. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with your story, your background. Tell me a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up. Yeah, I mean, I grew up. Uh, like many South Africans, I grew up in a rural area. I grew up in a village called Shirley in Limpopo. And it's really not the kind of place where you look around and you see a lot of people kind of becoming um, national icons or stars or anything like that. So I think that's possibly what inspires a lot of people when they hear, like, I was born at Elim Hospital, like, so <laughs> many people from Limpopo were... Except uh, that this is a kind of story that I think it inspires a lot of people. I mean, you know, you should always dream big. Exactly. And at this point, it's actually like, you know, it, it, it used to be that man, like maybe if, if if I can be known maybe in, in South Africa or if I could be known on the continent. But now the whole world is kind of open to us thanks to the Internet, for example. And um, thanks to the fact that right now, you know, African pop, culture and African pop music is kind of becoming global pop slowly but surely. I mean there's obviously fame and fortune now but what mm. was it what was money like uh, you know mm. growing up in Limpopo yeah. in Shelley? I mean definitely when I was young we had very 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 little um, and you know I even sing about it on uh, my one of my latest songs called Shawumba, where I talk about kind of like my background, where we really, we had very little, but I don't remember being um, sad. You know, like, I was a happy child. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in, a, like, my village was beautiful. I was surrounded by cousins, and like, I didn't really think about all the things we didn't have, really, you know? Um, but at some point, like, many South African families, like, our fortunes kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Um, like many South African families, they might splash off at a certain place economically, but then it changes into something else, especially because of what became possible after 94, etc. So when by the time I was like finishing primary school, um, my family was starting to do a bit better, but I've never been from a, a very well-off family, but we did start to do a bit better. Hey, when I was young, we really, <laughs> we really had very little in the way of money. I remember, I mean, you know, when you were on the Ellen show, you said you went next door to go and watch TV and that's how you saw um, John Cena. Um, I mean, how do you view money now? <laughs> Just to add on to that story as well, like literally the, the, our village, in our village there was, um, my aunt had a television and we used to go there to watch, right? 
And I remember I, I said that, that like, you know, uh, that, that's, that's what my childhood is like. And some people are like, no way, it's not possible. And I was like, <laughs> and I remember like people were, were, were saying, no, it's not possible. And then my dad was like, wow, I wish these people knew that at some point that same television was being powered by a battery, a car battery. Jeez. That one. It gets better. This story you know, gets better. People don't really know. That's what I'm saying. Like, man, if you guys actually so well from, like, you probably get, you'd get me more. And that's what I'm saying. Like, on my, on, on Shaoma, one of the tracks on my latest uh, mixtape, is like, yeah, it, 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 it was quite crazy. Um, but nowadays, obviously, I've managed to build um, some, something else for myself that uh, I don't think anyone in my family really ever foresaw um, financially that we could get there and um, I'm at a point now where I yeah I, I'm, I'm extremely blessed and I'm able to live a very very comfortable life before we get to what you're doing with your money right now I mean mm. was there anybody important anybody in your family that made an important contribution or shaped you mm. uh, when it came to money I would definitely say my father mm-hmm He's an extremely important uh, figure in how I view the world in general. But with money, that was quite a big thing in my family. Um, I come from a family of, of activists, uh, people who have uh, you know, fought for various rights, land rights, human rights, for people, social justice. And so money was never the question. It was never the objective in my household. Mm. Um, in a way, it was almost shameful to do anything for the sake of money. Yeah. You know, you did things because you could help people. That's how I grew up. That it was shameful to, to do things just for the sake of money alone. Um, and, and also my father's like a very frugal man. He doesn't really spend a lot. And I grew up with that. And to date, I really struggled to buy like expensive items. Um, especially like just like physical items, you know. Um, or to buy flashy things. It's a hard. <laughs> it's hard for me because I, I grew up where it was like, you really like, you you you, you just, you got sort of what you, what you needed. And yeah, it's still frugal. So you say that, you know, obviously you've come into fame and fortune and, and you've got so much that, you know, even your family didn't foresee you having. Now mm. that you have it and it's still a struggle for you to spend, I mean, mm. who manages all of that? Because sometimes it mm. can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to sort of my taxes and everything, that's like my accountant. Uh, but then, yeah, with everything else, I mean, I run my company. I have multiple people that that work with me um, that, you know, I pay out. And we, yeah, you just try to kind of uh, balance the balance the book. Um, yeah, bearing in mind <laughs> whatever comes in is not necessarily what you have. <laughs> You're still going to have to pay out various uh, taxes and um, if you're that interested, obviously that and things like that. So you know, I would say mostly me, but uh, I have um, I have an accountant that helps me um, with with everything tax related. Did your education play a role in how you manage your 
you know, in the way you manage your, not only your fame, in what you do, your passion mm. as well, because you uh, sing with lots of messages. Um, you sing mm. with stories. It's very important for you. And you sing in your language as well. You've put, yeah. you know, your little town on the map. I mean, these are really important things for South Africa or in the South African context for the rest of the world. Yeah, I do think my education has is playing a huge role in my life. Even though, um, possibly, you would look at the fact you know I studied African studies. You know, I was interested in African politics, African history. Um, I also studied writing. Um, sometimes you look at that and say, "But I'm not even using those the, that degree," you know. <laughs> but I, I am, and even you know, just one of the things that my dad really, really made sure that we spent money on, even if we were living very, very humbly, um, was education. And I do think it's paying off, even if I'm not doing directly that. It's absolutely paying off. My ability to comprehend um, mm. the world has hugely been impacted by that, right? And that alone means that I, I know that more is possible. And I think that's largely to do with that. But also, I because of my education, I understand things like when when contracts are presented to me, for example, I understand what the contract what the contracts are about. I, I I'm I'm very I'm able to be um well 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 in the know and very clued up about what are the kind of agreements I'm getting into. And a lot of artists like that's where they really 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 fall short. And it's quite unfortunate, but it is a thing of just not really being able to understand what is being presented and then you find that you really suffer a lot financially because of that um but yeah for me i am grateful for that it was, it was something that I'll, I'll never i'm always going to be grateful for being, being able to get a quality education tell me are there any weaknesses what do you like spending I mean, you said you don't really <laughs> like spending a lot of money buying anything yeah, expensive. Right. But is mm. there something? I mean, or do you just save all the money? <laughs> um, I've, I've, you know, let's not forget about black tax as well. You know, a lot of like young black people, especially being the, the first, like maybe financially stable or successful person in your family. And mm. um, you, you don't necessarily have the luxury right away to save. And that's terrible to say, but we must also be honest about the situation, right? Like, there's so much I have to deal with and had to deal with before I could actually save, start saving, or even have luxury myself, which was that I had to, like, you, you know, I had, it was like, I had to get back. There's, like, houses I've, I've built, there's people I've had to support, put to school, etc. And that's the reality of a lot of young black professionals. Like, that, that's just the, that's the reality of it, right? Um, but so that it makes it hard. Like I can't buy, I can't buy like a really expensive shoe. And then I'm like, hey, I could have built this for my granny, or I could have like, like done, you know, something. So that's why. <laughs> so you can't do as you please just yet. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I'm still like stuck in that. It's hard to shake it off because I know mm. exactly how much like like sacks of cement cost. I don't know how much bricks cost. I don't know how much it costs to tile a house. Like when I see me in the house, it's hard to stand in like a luxury van and then I know what it could have been in, in someone's life, right? But one thing that I do have a weakness 
um, I would say is probably on travel. Cause I just, I, I love, love, love travel. And that's where I'll, I'll treat myself and say, okay, I really like worked hard. Let me go to a place that I enjoy. And, and that's what I'll spend on. Oh, well, you know, I always say travel is an investment because it's an education at yes. the end of the day. It's really good for you. Before we wrap up, give me your three most important money lessons that you can share with Afropolitans tonight. Ooh. Okay, so my first two are going to be very similar. The mm-hmm. one is that when you get paid, that is not the money that you have. You don't have that money. <laughs> you're still having to, you're going to have to pay tax on that money. You might need to mm-hmm. pay that on that money. It's not what you have. Don't get a hundred and say, I have a hundred. You don't have a hundred. You're going to have to pay tax on that. There's, you might have employees you have to pay. You might have other expenses you have to pay. That's not the money you have, right? So generally, I like to take whatever money I get and divide it by something like 20 or whatever and say, that's actually what I have. Because honestly, like, you don't really have what you think you have. And once you think when 100 comes in, that that's what you have to spend, you don't, that's when you're going to um, face some, some difficulties. So, the so if you get 100, like, you're only getting 10. So think that you only have 10. Yes! <laughs> just say, like, I have 10 from that. Okay, what's the you next know? one? Um, the next one, um, I guess I kind of combined the two. So the, the one is like, remember that there's always tax and stuff and mm-hmm. Then the second one being like divide the amount that you feel that you have and that's what you actually have. Um and I had a third really, really, really good one. Um which I'm now forgetting. Um let me think. You oh, said divide, is it budgeting? <laughs> I guess budgeting um is is cool. You definitely need to figure out like, yeah, what's What's kind of, what's going with, et cetera. Oh, okay, okay, now I remember it. And I'm so glad I remembered because I think it's actually super key, especially for like people who want to start small businesses, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Never get something that you don't need, right? So you must grow as much as you can with what you have before you now start getting something. So let me give an example like if, all my orders so far, I can do them by hand with no stress. Like if, if let's say I'm a, a person that sews clothes and I can sew all the orders I have by hand. Don't buy a machine until the orders you're getting are overwhelming your current ability. What a lot of people with small businesses mm. do, they'll get everything in advance. And now you've bought, now you've got, you've paid now, you pay for, you, you, you hire an office when actually yeah. you could still work at home. You buy machines when actually you could have still been doing it by hand. You kind of run ahead of way of the speed of the growth of your business. Artists will get will buy um, a a a a let's say a, a party bus or travel bus tour bus when yeah. their bookings actually don't warrant mm-hmm. the amount of expenses that they would have to spend. They would have co- it would have cost them less to rent out maybe something maybe really once or twice. Just, it's only when it becomes it starts to overwhelm when yeah. like renting out one would, would overwhelm buying one there's things like that with the expenses that you have 
try to keep them as minimal as possible until you cannot anymore. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because we need to make the differentiation between a want and a need. And if you don't need it right now, then don't get it. Shoma Josie, thank you so much for your time. Um, I wish I had more time to chat to you. A shout out from my niece. She said I must tell you that she loves you um, and she loves your music. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time this evening. Thanks for joining us. Shoma Josie. Yay, thank you so much. And thank you to all the Afropolitans and everyone listening. Uh, I love you guys so much and thanks for the love that you've been showing to to my EP, What a Life. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Go well and be safe. And that's a wrap of our show tonight. Thank you for listening. Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.